All right, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And today we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I guess another reboot for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before they were kind of like live action with CG. And now this is all kind of computer generated, maybe in the vein of Into the Spider-Verse. So this is a Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg led iteration of Ninja Turtles. So there's a bunch of people in this, but this is directed by Jeff Rowe. And again, it's written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. The film follows the Turtle Brothers as they work to earn the love of New York City while facing down an army of mutants. Basically starts off on Baxter Stockman, the ooze, the mutagen, like whatever it's called. There's an explosion, he gets killed kind of meet the turtles that they're much younger so they really wanted to be in high school they live with splinter who is always cautioning them about humans that this iteration of splinter is not necessarily the one from like the previous series where it is human and then got turned into a rat splinter has always been a rat and is also played by jackie chan there's a heist that goes on the turtles are trying to track it down. What then happens is that a particular character that is played by Ice Cube, who is called Superfly, that is handling some of these heists, turtles kind of find out that this Superfly is also a mutant, a large mutant fly. Friends the turtles at some point. Matt, how do you feel about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem? I like the movie. I'm glad that they went ahead and rebooted it because it just seems like it's needed for the next generation because if we kept going along with the same movie starting all the way back with like in the early 90s, they would probably lose some of the demographics for the younger folks because they would have to watch the movies way back in the day. I liked it in that aspect. The animation, which is I guess along the Spider-Man verse, yeah. animation I, yeah i really enjoyed that other than disney pixar stuff that we typically get and i wouldn't be surprised if everyone starts leaning towards hey this is how we're going to do animation from then on i did like the action storytelling was fine and i understand with every reboot they're going to have a little bit of a modification especially with the characters like with the bad guys purposely supposedly bad guys I understand there'll be a little change. one thing i didn't like i did not like the april o'neill character yeah Char- there are some issues with that rebooted approach to april o'neill go ahead get it i know they're trying to incorporate like hey having anxiety and normalizing that and all that stuff that woke stuff whatever but stop changing the characters yeah so in this one love. april is also a high school age student instead of being an adult female yeah like i don't see her getting with casey jones whenever he decides to pop up and in this particular universe. Plays on the hockey team for high school or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and then maybe that happens. But I'm not feeling April O'Neil. I think that's the one big negative thing about this movie I did not like. I'm just, She's supposed to be the, kind of that, the translator between the humans and, and the mutants. But instead, she's an outcast like one of them. Theme of this movie, acceptance, etc. But... I didn't like her character. I don't like the fact that they changed so much about her. Like the animation, like the action, like the depth of the characters. Although they changed a little bit stuff as far as Splinter's upbringing. I wasn't really feeling that. Yeah. But um, again, like I said, there's going to be some variations and that's fine. Not feeling April. Go back to the drawing board with that. Just write her off. 
someone else. Yeah, so for me, that, again, Into the Spider-Verse has now spawned, we need to recreate ideas in the vein of Into the Spider-Verse. That's what's happening with this movie. So the art style is kind of a cross between, like, maybe, like, claymation and, like, watercolored hand-drawn animation. Obviously, it's all CG, so that's, like, the first thing. Again, taking that approach. So everything is also, again, Into the Spider-Verse is very music-driven. And the music kind of plays a part into each maybe action scene or something that this also happens in this movie. So it is like it starts off on an MOP song. The thing with this is it's also a large voice cast. So you have John Carlo Esposito was Baxter Stockman. That the first thing I was like, hold on, is that John Carlo Esposito? He has a very distinct voice. Most of the, the turtle characters are like kids, so you don't really get a good sense of who they are. I mean, they might be somebody at, at some point, but I don't know who they are, but... Paul John, Rudd was in the C-Spot. Yeah, like. John Cena, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, Meyer Rudolph. Uh, like I said, John Coles Esposito, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, I think Post Malone's in there. Hannibal Burris is a character. Cass also kind of rounds out some of this, so Bebop and Rocksteady. That Jill and they're just kind of mortal enemies of the Turtles. And they're also rocking along with Superfly, but just going to ruin it for you. They all joining forces. I wasn't a fan of that one too much, yeah, but so I get it. It's something different. And I don't think we've really have seen that in a way where it is again, where they're all just on the same page. It's okay. It's not the worst thing that I've seen. It could have been a lot better. Like you said, April Neal high school version of her. I mean, there's certain things that you can change with the turtles. There's been different iterations, whether it be TV, movies. The Michael Bay-produced movies were, you might as well just call them adults. They're supposed to be teenagers. But this one, I mean, they're definitely kids. They want to be accepted. That's also another thing with modern movies. There has to be some undertone about being an outcast and wanting acceptance. So the Turtles want to be regular kids. They want to be able to go to school and do kid things so that's also kind of prevalent through this but the budget was 70 million but it's gross basically about 135 million post-covid numbers i mean it's not the barbie near billion dollar thing but it's a modest approach to this movie post-covid so matt what score would you give teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem I give it an eight. Again, it's a, it's a very definitely a solid showing. I'd watch it again. I'd probably mute April. Don't care about her. Um, and they set it up in a way. The one thing I like about this particular series is that they don't have Shredder off the top. Yeah. Ice Cube is the main villain, Superfly. They can build up to it in either part two or part three or however long they decide to go with this particular iteration, Turtles. Pretty amped about it. So... Yeah, not a bad movie. Well, I think other than Transformers, TMNT is your other passion. Yes, yes. Watching it, I was like, hey, am I going to get the same nostalgia as I did previously with other movies? No, but will it represent it well enough where I'm not like, hey, this sucks. I'm never going to watch another one. Definitely not, but I enjoyed it. All right, so I will give this a 7.5. So this movie is about an hour and a half, so it's short enough. 
it's direct enough. Like I said, it, it does something different with the turtles that has not been done in whatever the live action movies, the cartoons, the, the various iterations of the cartoons. Uh, we'll say that 2007 movie, like that CG movie was actually pretty good. I think I need to rewatch that one. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah that one. That was okay. They went head first in, in that particular universe. Yeah. Head first. But like I said, this one is taking some cues from Into the Spider-Verse where, again, a lot of it is going to be art style driven. Really didn't like the kids' voices for the turtles. Something about it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It grew on me, but I think but overall... the teenagers, though. I understand, but I just think overall they could have picked some better people. And then the dialogue was a little too on the nose. Every line had to have some quip about something current, just daily life conversation. <laughs> might be talking about a song, or you might be singing the song. It's like, all right, just kind of stop with all that. But the movie's not bad. It's an hour and a half, so it's something to watch and then move on from and Hopefully the future versions of this, which, I mean, again, this movie will be getting some type of sequel. The money side of things, because it's made about, like, almost $100 million domestic and only, like, $37 million international. That might doom this to a point where there might not be a sequel, but if it yeah, is... Yeah, that's not enough money, man. I yeah. bet you it costs more than that to produce it. Yeah, I mean, if it made $300 million, I would probably say there's a, a good likelihood that there would be a sequel, but... Just a little above 130. There's a lot of stuff going on with this, but. You're not getting a movie anytime soon. All right. All right. That's the Beast Game Podcast. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's Cowabunga.